Hello, this is Jen Rubin of the Washington Post. I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Jen Rubin's Green Room. We're going to have a series of fun guests. We're going to chew the fat and we're going to dish the dirt and we're going to bring you the best and the smartest people I can find. Make sure you tell your friends. Join us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Nerd Avengers. We're here today in for Mary Trump. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, technically I'm the host, but everyone, who, everyone who's here can sort of co-host with me. Dahlia no. shaking her head. No, Norm, no. Okay. I will host, and that means I am in charge of the topics. First topic of which is, how do you actually drain a pool into a room that houses servers? I have never been a pool girl, but maybe, Norm, you've been a pool boy and know a little more about this than I. Um, the only pool boy I know about is uh, the one that uh, <laughs> we need say no more. Um, anyhow, uh, you know, okay, Jerry Falwell. Uh, I would guess it takes a great deal of ingenuity to figure out how to drain a pool into a uh, room with servers especially since it was done by two people who did the moving of the boxes. So the idea that this is uh, just an accident or a coincidence seems far-fetched. Well, um, I mean, Norm, in fairness, you know how the rich are always saying it's hard to find good help? That's true. That's true. Although this apparently was very good and obedient help. Um, <laughs> what I'm thinking is the guy who did this is a maintenance man and the one who helped move the boxes and I can imagine if some FBI agents go to talk to him and point out that he could be spending several years in a maximum security prison, that he might decide it's worth talking about who ordered him to move the boxes and how somehow they decided to drain the pool at this particular moment, which would lead most likely to more uh, unhinged rants on Truth Social by the Orange One. I, I want to ask this other, so a couple things. I think that both of these folks have spoken to the special counsel's office. I just don't know if they have their own counsel. And secondly, just to go back to like the pool mechanics of this, Florida is not like Michigan where I grew up. Like water doesn't actually freeze in pools. <laughs> so is it customary to drain a pool? Or is that like, I've seen the movie Caddyshack and I know when you have to drain a pool, but um yeah, sorry, Dahlia. Did you? Okay, but can you continue? Um, no more movie references. No more references to. You can make Jerry Caddyshack Fowler. references anytime you want. Jim. Caddyshack, yeah. But it's a Caddyshack Cinderella two, story. Caddyshack two, no, no references. Okay, God, Caddyshack was good. I wonder if it holds up today. I have a feeling that there's a lot that you don't want to. I don't think you want to watch it now because it might not have ever gotten made today. And yeah. I'm just remembering my Gen X favorites. The way I remember them, which is totally appropriate and funny. Dahlia, what do you have to say about the pool and the imminent indictment? No, I, I think that you're on exactly the right wavelength here, which is, you know, my first thought was that it must be so hard to investigate when everything is a Pink Panther movie. Like you're trying... <laughs> 
to be serious and take your work seriously. And then you go home and you have to tell your partner, like, uh, so I guess they like flooded like the, the room with, it's just so crazy that we, again, to me, it just goes to forgive the movie reference within a movie reference for one second, but this green world where like on one hand you have like serious professionals trying to investigate what could plausibly be like the serious most single most serious criminal act in American history and then you've got like madcap chills and spills with the pool drainage and it's just so hard to keep you know your head on that can I move professionals can i move on to same topic here but move from highbrow film to bad 70s sitcoms i mean this is this guy jack smith came from the hague this is like elliot ness investigating laverne and shirley on one of their madcap <laughs> break-ins you're right it's absurd how do we get into this timeline dahlia I mean, the better question is how we get out of the timeline, I okay. think. And, and, and you know, to my mind, I guess I'm just continue to be so impressed by the sort of measured, careful, understated, drama-free, you know, sort of Trump's going to Trump on Truth Social, whatever is going on there. But like the ability to try as best we can you know, both as the public and as the media to block out that which is just bonkers as bonkers and say, you know, here's what really matters, I think is is the trick. But I, I will say, I know we're going to segue to the clown car that is um, the <laughs> <laughs> Republican primary contenders. But there is a way in which it just seems like nothing is too foolish, nothing is too silly, nothing is too over the top to get our eyeballs. And it's just, you know, one almost senses that this one way ratchet into like 70s sitcomery is the only way that you avoid serious consequences anymore. I don't know. I just I can't believe there's no bottom to this. Well, pool. I think the answer is, you know, the voters have to decide whether they want to have, the, you know, yet another season, you know, is this is this ser series going to be renewed? Or have they had enough? Norm? Um, your thoughts, and, and maybe we move out of television into like law and talk about what imminent means. And is Andrew Weissman right that this is happening this week? Or is he kind of being like Fonnie Willis, where this week means in the coming weeks? Uh, that I can't answer any better than Andrew can. But it certainly seems as if when you have the attorneys come in and meet at the Justice Department, and they meet with the special counsel and his staff, and they come out uh, looking uh, angry and sad that we're about to have the indictment. The only thing that I can imagine at this point that might delay it a little bit is whether they want to investigate further the pool incident to add more counts of obstruction of justice to what is likely to be multiple counts going forward. Before we get off this topic, Jen, though, I, we ought to have a vile person of the week award and it may be that this award would be um it ended up uh going by acclamation to ted cruz but what ted cruz said yesterday uh is beyond vile the idea that you say that there is a, an indictment 
coming to Donald Trump because Merrick Garland wants revenge after he was denied the uh, Supreme Court, um, which will only add to the possibility of somebody being hurt uh, because it's just going to uh, inflame uh, sentiments. And that it came from somebody who has become a number one lickspittle to Donald Trump, despite the fact that Trump said that his uh, that Cruz's father had uh, assassinated John F. Kennedy Jr., that uh, Cruz's wife is ugly and made many other terrible things uh, in public about uh, Cruz. Uh, that that is just uh, despicable. It's just absolutely despicable. So I nominate uh, Ted Cruz for vile person of the uh, of the week. I want to I want to ask Jen Tub. Hi, Wash. I want to ask Jen Tub two quick questions. One is we're having an internal fight um, on the edit staff at Slate about how much Jack Smith would coordinate with Fonnie Willis and with other folks. In other words, does he care about the timing of Georgia or is this kind of Alvin Bragg, first come, first serve, everybody does their thing? And then just as part of that, do you just want to lay out for people what the potential charges we are looking at are so that I think uh, otherwise it, it's just murky yeah. as, as hell. Sure. And so, you know, just to be clear, in case anyone didn't know, I don't have like friends inside of the Justice Department. That might be clear because I've been incredibly critical of Merrick Garland previously, not for the reasons Ted Cruz says, of course, but for what I have perceived as his unnecessarily dilatory response to um, the January 6th uh, fiasco slash insurrection. But let's focus on these particular charges. Um, so I believe that the reason why the special counsel's grand jury had a hiatus for several weeks was my thinking is that Jack Smith was meeting then, had written a memo maybe to Merrick Garland, and Merrick Garland perhaps spent those three weeks, or however long it's been since they met, deciding whether he was willing to have, you know, to go forward. Because remember, Jack Smith is, is not where the buck stops, buck stops with Merrick Garland. <clears throat> As for the charges, one of the easiest things to do if, and, you know, you'll forgive yourself if you forget uh, that, that there are so many cases going on that you may forget that there actually, last August, was a search warrant um, issued for the search of Mar-a-Lago. And even though we are now only learning about the pool, the so-called, you know, accidental or deliberate, whatever, the pool being drained into the room, and now we're only learning about all these various things about documents being missing, I think you have to know that uh, Jack Smith, or actually Jack Smith wasn't around, but the Department of Justice uh, attorneys at that time um, I believe that they knew about this, and that's why they ended up getting the search warrant. So in other words, you've got to go back to the search warrant and to those charges. So let's look at what they said. One thing would be um, obstruction of justice. That's under 18 U.S.C. 1519, this particular provision, because it's interfering um, with this investigation. Prior to the so-called raid on Mar-a-Lago last August, there had been a grand jury associated with Trump keeping these documents. So that that's one charge. Another charge is a standard kind of destruction of a certain kind of public document under 18 U.S.C. 
2071. The most exciting charge, however, will um, be the um, the espionage one, which is um, 18 U.S.C. 793. And it's expected that this charge will be brought again. It was on the um, on the search warrant because there was recently someone who had been in, in um, government service who was just uh, either charged or convicted on those similar counts after he'd been keeping these kinds of highly classified documents. I would add to this, too, an 18 U.S.C. 1001, which is essentially people call it perjury, but it's just false statements. It's making it's lying, for example, to the FBI. And and that can be done through an aiding and abetting type charge. So in other words, all this stuff about Donald Trump maybe communicating to his lawyer, Evan Corcoran, that, you know, don't look here or I've given you everything. If that communication happened and Corcoran then gave false information, either written or spoken or both, to the FBI relying on what Donald Trump said, then you combine this thing, the statute 18 U.S.C. Section 2 with it 1001, boom, and you get Donald Trump on that. So I think those are those should be the expected charges, if not more. As for the defendants in this. I think we're going to see not just Donald Trump. I think there are going to be some other folks, and I just don't know who it is. I don't know if it's going to be the Calamari father and son. I don't know if they're cooperating or this Nauta guy who helped move the boxes. Somebody in there who failed to cooperate will be made an example of, I believe, because I think they need to keep in line all of the other witnesses. Um, Those are my thoughts. Calamari's, of course, raised the... uh, the calamaris, uh, since we're making uh, media references, it's the Squid Game. I didn't watch that movie. It seemed too uh, too violent for me. Too much for me, too. Uh, you know, for everybody who's interested in these potential charges, the uh, uh, Just Security piece, uh, which is a magnum opus that Norm Eisen and a host of others put together, which would be the charging memo with much more detail than what Jack Smith would hand to Merrick Garland, is very much worth looking at. It's extraordinarily powerful. And I think we should also add, Jen, that um, Merrick Garland has pretty much made it clear, and I think we see this with what he did with the other outrageous special counsel uh, effort, um, is that with the Durham one, there is no way that he is going to tell Jack Smith if he comes in with this set of multiple charges, no, I don't want to go in that direction. He is going to green light whatever Jack Smith comes up with. You make such a good point. I want to, because I think that's Merrick Garland's nature. So that's actually a good point. Wadge, welcome. Uh, You, I just want to let you know that before we got into really serious about this, you missed the stuff that was in your sweet spot. It was, it was Dahlia likening what's going on now with like, this madcap adventures and idiocy uh, to being like a Pink Panther movie. And I thought it was like a, you know, like an Elliot Ness meets Laverne and Shirley episode. So, you know, jump right in um, in any way you'd like. (laughs) I'm enjoying the the nerdiosity of this nerd conversation with uh, three uh, lawyers who actually use their degree uh, much better than I did, even though I'm still a licensed uh, attorney and did practice for a while. Uh, yeah, Pink, the Pink Panther is an old callback and, and good to win over Gen Z with the Pink Panther reference, Dahlia. So that's that's a way to win over the children uh, with Inspector Clouseau and Pete Sellers. Uh, it's one of those situations where I, I could liken it to uh, a whimsical uh, uh, comedy. Uh, but, you know, I keep coming back to uh, the F word fascism, um, uh, a word that I think should be uh, employed. 
with more uh, 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 intent and, and frequency. The last thing, you know, quick thing, quick thing I'll say is because more and more of what we're watching right now, it's, uh, it's, it's, I, you know, I'm reading Robbie Jones's book that's coming out in September, and Robbie Jones is of PRRI. It's a fantastic research that you know, uh, it's a research company that talks about religious uh, uh, opinions in America, but he also written extensively about white uh, Christian supremacy. He's written several books, so his latest book is about that and. And he's just basically talking about what was happening in the 19th century post-Civil uh, War, specifically when it comes to white rage and white violence. And I'm reading this, and specifically what white folks did to black folks and indigenous folks who were just trying to live their lives. And it, it just mirrors Jen and Dahlia and Norm, all the stories we've been reading in the past couple of weeks. The use of violence, intimidation, threats uh, of people in law enforcement, elected officials, People just subverting the law, doing what they want. And, and I see this happening, this use of violence against LGBT kids, educators, poll workers, elected officials, uh, the law enforcement, uh, FBI, anyone who's trying to maintain some sense of decorum, democracy, law and order uh, is, it had to eventually bend the knee, folks, to this small, violent minority. And it, attacking target workers, that's what Dolly just said. Right now, what's happening right now, going after corporations, right? Uh, Bud Light. Um, and uh, it, it's one of those situations where I feel like, how come we're not talking about it? How come we're not naming it? And 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 leading up to the 2024 election, it's a, just a complete mimic, like mimicking of what's happening. And, the, and what you all are saying, the last thing I'll say is, I hope that law enforcement uh, does something against Trump, but even though you all have laid it out so well in the last five, I was just listening the last five minutes. I mean, dead to rights almost. Georgia, uh, Mar-a-Lago, all the civil crimes in New York. Um, what am I missing? Oh, yeah, the January 6th violent insurrection. And will there be accountability? So that that's that's why I was. Sorry to take a detour to something more serious. I was trying to think of a whimsical mm -hmm. pop culture reference, but I'm just concerned. <laughs> no, I'm really glad because there was this way that, you know, try to sort of escape the pain of this. You know, it's, it's we, we, you know, the absurdity we, we you know, we're, we're laughing at. And, and Danielle and Kurt, welcome. You know, at one point, Dahlia and I were trying to decide which, you know, 70s movie or television show analogy we should say the latest sort of draining the pool into the server room was like. And Dahlia mentioned, you know, Pink Panther. And I said it was like Elliot Ness, you know, you know, sort of you know, enters into a Laverne and Shirley madcap escapade episode. But, you know, I like when Waj brings us back to reality, which is fascism, because, you know, Nazis don't belong in cartoons. And part of the problem here is this is really flipping serious, not just Donald Trump, but Trumpism and what he helped unearth and the violence being, you know, directed, of course, at people of color, but especially um, with, you know, people of color and white people who are LGBTQ, what's going on. Um, I want to, um, before I, I turn to you, Danielle and Kurt, I want to ask Waj to, if he would, tell us a little bit about, about what happened to him when he was giving a speech the other day for, I guess, a corporate sponsor. Um, because I haven't spoken to you personally, Waj, since you've been tweeting and writing about it, and I, I kind of want to hear it from you. It's really important to me that I eat healthy, but unfortunately, it isn't always possible to get all of the fruits and vegetables in my diet that I should have. Um, unfortunately, even though there are a lot of fruit and vegetable supplements out there, 
Many of them use extracts of common produce department fruits and vegetables, which have few health benefits. In fact, they're so not helpful that doctors refer to them as junk science. In the current environment, we need to be more concerned about our health. We need to get rid of the junk in our lives whenever possible. That's why I take Field of Greens. It's the whole organic fruit and vegetable, not a watered-down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Every ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like the heart, lungs, and kidney. Others support my immune system, my blood pressure, my metabolism, and they aid healthy weight loss. I don't eat as healthy as I should all the, the time necessarily, but now that I take Field of Greens, I know I'm making an important change in my lifestyle. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier very quickly, and you'll have a lot more energy. Your best proof that it's working, though, will be the next time you go to the doctor's office for your checkup, and he or she says that whatever you're doing is working, keep it up. So let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MARY. That's promo code MARY at fieldofgreens.com. You can also find the link in my show notes. So uh, I'll try to make it short, but it, it goes in the line with what we're talking about is what happens when the majority keeps bending the knee to a violent, angry, radicalized minority? And what happens when corporations, organizations who have the power to step up uh, decide to both sides it for the sake of profit and mollifying this minority that is always enraged? Long story short, during the last week of AAPI month, yay, Asians, me and Kurt are the same person. Uh, uh, May, like last week, uh, May 30th, I was invited uh, to give a DEI speech to uh, a tech corp that's based in New York City, has 5,000 employees. Um, and, and, you know, we do a 30-minute meeting. I go over what I'm going to say. And then I get an email neutering my talk even more. And they're like, why don't you talk about overcoming adversity? and challenges i'm like okay so uh, i give the out i give the outline we're about to give the talk and like an snl skit you know my talks are the way i do it it's almost like an, a cold open and i use some humor and and i i talk you know i i start off i lasted five and a half minutes folks and then they cut off the zoom meeting so five and a half wow. minutes, they cut off the zoom meeting and i'll tell you what i said and i'm sitting there being the child i told this to danielle like you know this is what happens when you're a person of color or a woman you internalize it. You're like, I must have said something wrong. What did I do wrong? And then you gaslight mm -hmm. yourself. And I'm sitting there reviewing what I said. I'm like, no, no, it's what I've always said. So this is what I said. I, I open it up by, by sharing two emails I get. The first email is go back to where you came from. And I always say to Bay Area, I'd love to if you subsidize my rent. The second email <laughs> I always get is after I say that, people get really pissed. And in all caps, they say, go F a goat or a camel. To which I say, why only goats and camels? Why not the entire diverse animal kingdom? But sadly, I'm 42 years old. I say this openly, right? And then I say, I'm 42 years old. I no longer have the physical dexterity to engage in bold sexual experimentation. Why don't you go after a camel? <laughs> Wins over a lot of folks. And then I just say, this is how it is to be a person of color in the United States of America. And then I list a bunch of stuff that's happening. Now, I deliberately never said MAGA, Trump, Biden, Democrats. DeSantis. I didn't say any of it on purpose. I said, in some states that rhyme with Florida, you apparently can't say gay. And then I lean in and I say, don't say gay. 
because apparently saying gay makes people uncomfortable. And then I, I, I shared this joke with Danielle. She appreciated it. Then I, the, what I do is I say, okay, I'm a, I'm a creature of the 80s and 90s. I'll use old school pop culture references. Beetlejuice. If you say Beetlejuice three times, they appear. I think the same thing happens with the gays. Gay, gay, gay. Welcome, gays. Oh, look, Doctor Strange opened up the portal and gays have arrived. The world has not ended. <laughs> We're all fine. Don't say gay. But I said the reality is transgender kids are being harassed and bullied. Black people are being shot and killed. Asian Americans are being targeted for COVID. Women have lost a constitution protected, right? And then I finally said this. Everyone wants reconciliation. How do you get to reconciliation without truth? You can't. And right then, they ended the Zoom meeting and canceled me. And I sat there for 15 minutes like an idiot trying to get back on. And, oh, and I'm like, maybe there's a technical oh. difficulty. And then an hour later, only the one response I got was from the DIT. I'm like, did you guys cancel me? And they said, sorry, we had internal issues. No one called me. Bullshit. No one, no one texted well, me. Well, internal issues. They didn't say tech. Internal no, issues. Internal. And, then, and I'll end with this. And then some employees over the next two days messaged me, kind of disgusted, especially after they read my Twitter thread. And they said the company initially lied to them and said it was tech. Then my Twitter thread came out, and then they backtracked and said, we probably were too hasty in pulling the plug. And what, what a I, bunch of snowflakes. And what I found out was the majority wanted to hear me. I think the DI team got bullied, and it was basically a microcosm of America. A few, like two or three right-wingers who wanted to silence me from the beginning. Yep. And, and then they, and they caved to him. Uh, I hope I, I was able to be quick with that, but there you go, folks. You know, thank you so much. I don't want to tell you how much I love you because um, I can't believe that you sat there trying to get back on. I mean, that's <laughs> as painful as a teenage girl waiting for the phone to ring when the you know the cute guy is going to call. Not that that's again, ever I got so angry. Me. You know, I, can I just say this? And I'll. If you read about it, I thought about yes. I thought about it for a day, and the more and more I thought about it the more and more I got angry because I've never been treated mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. and I said that if I was a MAGA mediocre white guy, you know what I would have done? Gone on Fox News and complained and it would have been a right-wing talking point and CNN would have ha- hosted me and MSNBC would have hosted me. But instead, what did we do, Danielle and Kurt? We're like, maybe it's my fault. <laughs> well, thank you for that. That was so worth so worth a story. Um, Danielle, do you want to talk about that or do you want to jump into where we are in the conversation, which is either the imminent indictments or pivoting to the clown car of the Republicans or just fascism? Pick your poison. You know, it's 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 a, diffi- it's a difficult one to choose, Jen. Um, but I'll, I'll piggyback on Waj's story and, and kind of expand out from there to where we are currently. Um, which is when I saw Waj's tweet and then he talked about it on our show on Democracy-ish last week. I was, you know, not surprised, not floored, but just disgusted because it is always the people of color. It is always those from marginalized communities, whether you're queer, whether you're, you know, Muslim, you're black or you're Latinx, you're the one that one gets roped in to doing diversity, equity and inclusion when you're, you're like, oh, let me 
let me figure out how to make safe space for white people who are bigoted. And then let me let me do that because I have to do it anyway. So I might as well get paid for it. And then like and then you're the ones that get silenced. The reason why Waj didn't like fire back and air out who the company was is because he was concerned about the women of color who organized the D and who are leading the DEI efforts at this company and the blowback that they would get. Right. So mm -hmm. again, it is always people of color needing to be responsible for every fucking body around us. Right. And, and uh, on the last people being ourselves, because Wash is sitting there like, oh, maybe it was a technical difficulty, not like the Sandman came on the stage at the Apollo and friggin swept me off. Do you know what I'm saying? So I, I think that, you know, again, this overarching effort that we are seeing, you know, Petri dished in Florida and Texas is a larger um, conversation about silencing and erasing people of color and making it so that you are so fearful to live inside of your own goddamn skin of your own goddamn body that hopefully you just go away. So the question, it is either conform and capitulate to our needs and our desires and our oppression or go away. Right. I mean, these are the options that people are being given. And I, I just want to say this, you know, if, if you watch Joy Reid last night, um, mm -hmm. who broke down in tears at the retelling of the murder of IGK Owens, AJ Owens, a black woman, mother of four, who was <laughs> shot and killed through a door because she had the audacity to go down the street to her white neighbor that had been harassing her children who are children playing outside. She called them all a bunch of racial slurs, told them to get off of her property, right? And stole their iPad from them. And when this black mother goes in Florida to have the audacity to knock on her neighbor's door to have a civil conversation, she was shot and killed through the fucking door. And this woman, not arrested, not in jail, right? Because you get to stand your ground. Where do we think that this is coming from? Right. The fact that people can't mm -hmm. knock on their neighbor's door. You can't make a U-turn on the wrong fucking street. You can't have accidents in a climate that is created around fear and violence. Right. And proliferated with guns and say this is going to be civil. Right. Dahlia said it in our in our tweet. That this is not how a civil society operates. Right. If you commit fucking murder in broad goddamn daylight in front of children, it shouldn't even be a question of if you're being picked up and arrested. But here we are having a conversation and I'm sure it's gonna take massive protests and everybody, every black person and their mother in the streets with some white allies in order to get this murderer picked up. Because in Florida, you can do whatever the fuck you want so well, long as you're white and straight. Right, that last yep. part. Can you, that's just, and I don't, we shouldn't even have to do this, to, but what if you flipped it around? What if it was a black woman who went and shot a white woman on her doorstep? She would be dead, Jen. Like, that's, that's the thing that we know. Like, we would be having a conversation about this person and the afterlife and their yes. family having to yeah. come out and defend. Black people, people of color in this country are not afforded the opportunity to stand their ground. They're not afforded to bodily autonomy. They're not afforded to respect. They're not afforded to dignity. 
right? It is second class citizenship and third class, depending on how many other marginalized identities you occupy in one goddamn body in this country. And so, you know, we I'm so exhausted by the fact that you have to have collective outrage in order for decency to happen in this country, in order for our justice system to act accordingly, because we don't even have the perception of fairness anymore. Donald Trump right now is sitting with audio tapes, like people testimony, guilty pleas on sexual, guilty charges on sexual assault and abuse. And this motherfucker's still walking around, still playing games at Mar-a-Lago, still going to town halls in Iowa. It is absolutely insane. But a black mother can't defend her children? I just, I can't. I can't. So you asked me a quick question. That was not my quick answer. But thank you for that. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm speechless and, you know. The mother, the mother, Jen, was all the excuse me, the, the crazy lady next door was also saying racial slurs to the young black girls. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what also triggered the, the mother to come of in course. to defend their girls. So you could guess what those racial slurs were to black girls, kids. Yeah, you know, this is Florida. And uh, we now know that uh, warnings saying black and brown people are in danger in Florida, um, are uh, not only not an exaggeration, but uh, clearly the case. And what we also know, Danielle, is that if all these protests work and this woman is arrested and goes to trial in Florida, the odds of her being convicted are very, very slim. Mm -hmm. The nature of these stand your ground laws which are basically just designed to legalize murder, uh, have no place in a civil society either. And Florida is not a civil society. Mm -mm. Yes, I mean, you know, it's just, uh, we learned this a long time ago, especially with Trevon Martin, right? And this is taking it a step further. Um, But the fact that, that even, you know, the fact that that many people in the white community couldn't see that for what it was is is outrageous. Um, Kurt, hi. How you doing? Hi. I haven't seen you in, in, in forever. You also, um, can I, again, I you know the general topic, but I'd like you to share a little bit more about how you became, um, you know, a favorite of Chris Light. <laughs> badge, you know, of honor, Kurt, badge of honor I, I, I want everyone to understand what that was like <laughs> for me because I, I i just got back last night from from a vacation um that's why i'm so tan right now and uh my, my very dear friend who i've known for god almost almost 20 years now uh was celebrating his 40th birthday and uh 40 of his closest friends went to the British Virgin Islands uh, to celebrate with them. So that's where I was. I, I don't know anything going on in the world. And all of a sudden, my phone starts blowing up. And people are like, have you read the, you know, the, the Atlantic piece? I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, you know, about Chris Lick. I'm like, I haven't read it. I, I'm sure I will. But why are people asking me this? And then finally, someone shows me the passage where he says, uh, <laughs> he's bragging to his friends he's going to destroy me for some reason. Um, now, mind you, I've never met this guy. 
I've never had a conversation with this guy. I've never shared an email, text, anything. He is a stranger. I could not pick him out of a police lineup. I've never seen the man in, in real life. Um, apparently, uh, what, what triggered this person who is in charge of CNN uh, was that I, in August of last year, wrote a column making the point that if you are a news network and your strategy is to try to build inroads with the MAGA universe so that their viewers will, so their audience will become your viewer, that is a, a fool's errand because this is a universe that will never accept you, that has made a living off of calling you fake news, that will never become your fan. Um, and it, it's the classic trap of selling out your friends to appease your enemies, something we see that happens all the time in politics and media. That was my point. I didn't make any personal aspersions against Chris Lick. Again, I don't know him. I wouldn't do that. Uh, that was the central premise of my point. And the idea that telling the truth, that actual journalism, uh, that's not partisan. Calling someone a liar who lies isn't a Republican or Democrat issue. Reporting the truth about what is happening in our country isn't a partisan issue. When people like Jim Acosta or Brian Stelter come under attack because they're perceived to be anti-MAGA or anti-Trump, I think that's wrong-minded. They're, they're simply pro-truth and pro-fact. How the MAGA universe interprets that is really their problem. It shouldn't be the media's. And the media shouldn't be trying to bend its will to appease an audience that has decided that truth is no longer truth, that fact is no longer fact, and that democracy is dispensable. That was the point that I made in this piece. That apparently triggered Mr. Licht to then tell his friends that he's going to destroy me. And my first thought, honest to God, was, have you nothing better to do than brag to friends about, I mean, who the fuck am I? I'm nobody. Let's be very clear. I, I'm, listen, I have a healthy ego, but I'm also realistic. I'm nobody. I'm not running anything. I'm not an executive of a high power or whatever the fuck. I'm just me going on vacation and going to country music concerts and occasionally politically commentating on what's going on. So for the head of one of the most prestigious brands in all of journalism in American history to be uttering my name to anybody is embarrassing, frankly, for him. Um, yeah, I've always told people that I advise, never punch down, never punch below your weight, always punch up. In the scheme of political hierarchy, media power, Chris Lick is up here, and I'm not even on the fucking totem pole, okay? <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that. That's fine. I don't, I don't give a shit. Um, you know, so when people started hitting me up about this and, and asking me about it, um, and people from all corners of the world, like people I've never talked to, Keith Oberman messaged me. I've never talked to the guy in my life. Um, you know, people from my past from 10, 15 years ago, I've been heard from reaching out to me. People at the White House were reaching out to me, uh, uh, showing me their support, which I appreciate. Uh, and the whole time I'm sitting there looking at the Caribbean, eating breakfast, going, what the <laughs> fuck is this world that we're living in? This, this is the most idiotic thing on the planet. Uh, and again, I, I think of the context of why is it that someone who tells the truth needs to be destroyed? Why is it that one of the only Asian American commentators on either side of the spectrum has to be destroyed for expressing uh, you know, a viewpoint that, by the way, isn't insane? And, and everything that 
I said would happen, by the way, in this article that I wrote last summer, has exactly happened to CNN since then. Uh, why is it that the instinct of this white guy in power is to destroy and silence the voice um, you know, uh, 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 you know, the, the, of the person who doesn't look like him? Um, and that, and that somehow you, it makes you feel more powerful to brag <laughs> about destroying me, which, oh, by the way, I'm still here if you haven't noticed. So good job on that. Um, you know, I thought that, that, that was really what, what bothered me. If anything bothered me, it was that, which is why when I, I posted a response on Twitter that day, it was a little tweet thread that really was just regurgitating what I had already written, but I ended it with saying, you can destroy me. But uh, you're not going to stop, you know, whether it's Wash or Danielle or those Zerlinas or the Ellie or, or whoever, like, like you're not going to stop us. Um, you know, I, I wanted to make that point, you know, as the exclamation point, because it really, it's not really about me. I, I, you know, I, I think it's about something much broader and deeper than that, which, you know, again, the same people that wanted to, to, to turn the zoom off on Wash is, you know, it's the same, you know, network that wants to apparently destroy me. Happy AAPI Heritage Month, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Dahlia, you uh, you have something to chime in about. No, I, I just want to connect up, if I may. I think, you know, Waj said the word fascist in, you know, the first second he was on screen. And then I think <laughs> it connects so beautifully to both what Danielle just said and what Kurt just said, which is, you know, the longer we allow a choose your own ending legal regime to be constructed in which you are the arbiter of what stand your ground means, you are the arbiter of where your doorstep ends and your, uh, you know, front foyer begins, where you are the arbiter of everything from, you know, harassing election workers because you've decided that they're, you know, throwing out ballots. The more you do that, which is the gateway to fascism that, you know, Wash talks about or vigilantism that we talk about so much, the more it is incumbent on the media to tell the truth. In other words, what Kurt is saying is so important, which is if the media keeps doing this, you know, choose your own ending, you know, every all comers have a reality and maybe you are just standing your ground when you shoot into someone's front door, the more the media is an accessory to this worldview in which the law is whatever you think the law is. And so I just think it's so important for, you know, what Kurt is saying right now to be connected back to authoritarianism. It's not just clicks, you know, it's not just money. It's not just your sponsors. It's that we in the press have a responsibility to say, no, that is actually a lie. That is not stand your ground. That is not your front door. You don't get to shoot somebody just because they've said something to your children. And so by giving cover to that kind of both sidesism, to suggesting that everybody gets to be the chooser of their own legal destiny, we in the press are actually aiding and abetting the, the fascism that Waj is talking about. So true. And Norm, I see that you are, you've got a comment on this too. Yeah. So first, just to step back a bit, uh, CNN needed a reset. If, uh, you know, a part of the uh, Atlantic piece was about how everybody loved Jeff uh, Zucker. Um, I did not. Uh, Jeff Zucker is the guy who hired Corey Lewandowski, Jeffrey Lord, and all of these other ridiculous, lying Trumpists, paid them huge bucks 
while people who should be getting paid, uh, Kurt, uh, watch, are not. Uh, and had these ridiculous panels of nine and 12 people. They needed to do something. And what they needed, and of course, they had their own scandals uh, as well with Cuomo and others. Um, but the reset that they needed is not the one that they've got. And it's gotten even more ridiculous. And I talked at the beginning about the vile person of the week and picked Ted Cruz. I'm going to change that. The vile person of the week is Nikki Haley, who went on another one of these absolutely ridiculous, mm -hmm. unconscionable town halls and said that trans guys going into bathrooms with girls this is why teenage girls are committing suicide, which not only is utterly ridiculous and false, but irresponsible and reckless because it's going to give more traction to people to go after the trans people who are the ones who are being abused and physically assaulted and denied uh, and got no pushback, uh, basically, from uh, CNN and from uh, you know the the host uh, at that point, who is supposed to be their strongest uh, person to push back. So what's happened now is that CNN, in trying to reset itself, has just gone off in a completely wrong direction. And whether the changes that they're now making will have any impact. Uh, I don't know, but if they continue to move in a direction where basically they are going to allow lies and vicious statements to go fundamentally unchallenged, which happens over and over again, if they're going to continue with these town halls, and probably the next one will be Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, oh, followed by some of these other nutcases, and they'll let them get away with uh, murderous falsehoods. Uh, then this goes beyond uh, Chris Licht. It goes uh, to a, a much, much larger uh, problem. Thank you. Hey, Daniel, I want to circle back to you because in the chat, um, you pointed out that we didn't even need to invent a hypothetical to imagine what would happen if a black woman was trying to stand her ground. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I what I said in the in the chat, which I'll share with the uh, larger audience, is that um, back in, I believe it was 2017 or 2016, um, Marissa Alexander, a Black woman who had been in an abusive uh, relationship, um, had a gun in her home with her children, and her abusive uh, boyfriend or husband came back to the home uh, and attacked her, and she shot up a warning shot in the ceiling and was immediately arrested um was i believe she was charged with like attempted murder endangering the welfare of a child like all of all of these things and her case got national attention because you guessed it she lived in florida where you have the yeah. ability to stand your ground and what her case showed, which is what we all always already know, if you are a person of color in this country, is that the laws do not apply to you. Black people are not allowed to stand their ground. You are not allowed to own a firearm. 
Philando Castile. You are not allowed to pick up a gun, John Crawford. You are not allowed, you know, to do the basic things that are supposedly covered with your citizenry in this country. And so for those people who love to do the whataboutisms, we don't need to do the whataboutisms because I just gave you at least three cases over the last seven to eight years uh, that involved black people, involved weapons, involved self-protection, and they were either murdered or thrown in jail for an excessive amount of time. And it took collective action in order to get justice. So it, it's, it's when I see these um, unfortunate cases, particularly this one, which is so heartbreaking because the murder took place in front of children, um, you know, it does tie back into what you know, what Kurt was talking about with CNN and all of these things, people, white people, white Americans, men in power do not want the truth. And they will pay top dollar to hide it from you and bring on the Corey Lewandowski's and the, the Trump people so that they continue to assuage this very fragile, very ignorant audience that they are tap dancing for. And so people who say like, oh, you know, Kurt, Danielle, Waj, Ellie, you guys should have your own show on these networks. It's not for lack of talent <laughs> that we don't have our own shows. It isn't for lack of like being right nearly 95% of the goddamn time. It's because we're not white, right? And not only oh, yeah. are we not white, like we're not white and like, and we're progressive. So, like, if we were to change our affiliations, we would, you know, bring in the bucks. But the reality is, I tell people, continue to support independent platforms, continue to support independent voices, whether it's through Patreons or through Politicons or like whatever it is that you're doing, because your money actually allows us to be able to do the work that these people are getting paid hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to fucking lie to your face on a regular basis. And that's just the reality. Licked wanted Kurt destroyed because he's smart, because he has a huge platform and people fucking listen to him, right? And there is nothing that white men in power are afraid of more than people of color being listened to, right? Um, and so it is really important, I tell everyone that is listening, to support people with independent platforms and voices because we're doing this work not because we're rich, we're doing it because we're trying to like do our part to hold on to our democracy. Here, here, and thank you for Politicon to Politicon for never turning off the Zoom. What uh, yeah. <laughs> Waj is talking? Yet, yet. <laughs> um, Kurt, I know you've got to fly. So, do you want to offer your your final remarks of the day? Yeah, yeah. Piggybacking on what Danielle just said because it's so true. The single dumbest financial decision I ever made was to officially leave the Republican Party and become a Democrat. Because if I hadn't done that, I would be getting paid right now. I guarantee to you. Uh, you know, when I see, and, 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 and this is not, I have nothing against these people, but when I see John Kasich getting paid, when I see, uh, you know, Brendan Buck getting paid, when I see people uh, even our good friend Tim Miller, like, again, I have nothing against them personally. That, that's not what I'm saying. But I, I, I notice that white people who carry the name Republican next to their name, even though they, they disavow everything about today's Republican Party, somehow end up getting paid 
while the people who have been right the entire time or people who converted um, and saw the light, if you will, we get financially penalized for that act. You know, and it's just so ass backwards, but it tells you everything wrong with the current media structure. There's this conversation that keeps going on. You know, cable news is bleeding viewership. People aren't watching. What are we going to do to get me? It's like, well, maybe if you actually put up programming that was reflective of the American electorate, people will fucking watch. Maybe just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic that is linear television isn't the answer. Maybe it's giving people who look like this room right here a voice and a platform. Maybe we would get other people to watch that have given up on watching TV news. Maybe we would attract a new, diverse, younger audience instead of the same people that we see day in and day out. And yet somehow that's never occurred or been attempted at all by the so-called executive C-suite class that runs television media. I'm so glad to hear you say this, Kurt, and I know you might need to run, but in, I just want to say in response, I just found out that you can actually, there's this new thing. I I never like to pay too much for my cable. My cable bill was getting really high, right? And I was freaking <laughs> out. So I'm like, why am I, what's going on here? And so I, I just found out, I, so I called the, the, the Xfinity people, and I'm like, why am I paying for Fox News? I'm like, even if I get the basic, I have to have Fox News. And I'm like, and why am I paying for 500 channels? All I watch is like, you know, my family, like Disney Plus and like MSNBC. I'm already paying extra for Disney Plus. I'm already paying for HBO or they call it Max. I, you know, yep. like PBS, whatever. This is what I want. And maybe sometimes CNN is what I said. And I said, so what can I do? And it turns out they will transfer you over to someone special. You know, there's this new thing called, it's, it's a streaming thing called TV Now that Xfinity is doing. And you can even send back all your cable boxes and they'll give you one streaming thing. And then you can basically stream. You get like some really good channels like, you know, BBC and all this stuff. And then I'm already, and it also comes with Peacock. So that gives you your MSNBC no, there you go. and no Fox News anywhere to be seen. And then I'm already paying up <laughs> for Disney Plus and whatever it's called. I just told you, uh, HBO Max. And so with a smart TV, you can just stream it through with this special kind of box, which is pretty cheap. I am literally cutting $100 a month off of my bill by doing this. I want to run it by the family because, they've, you know, you know, it's consensus, but I'm in charge. And okay. <laughs> that's going to be fine because do this. I don't know why I'm still paying, but I need to do everything yes. that you just said. Go See, yep. everybody sign me up. And I kept saying the thing was so funny. The rep was doing their best because I know they, they, they laugh when I said I just don't like Fox News. And they said, this is a recorded line. I'm like, I hear you, sister. <laughs> but the reality <laughs> is I don't want to pay for that or the sports channel. No offense. I know some of you folks on here. Well, like now let's not go crazy here. We, we, we need Jim. our daily dose. You're on a roll. Of, <laughs> just pull out when you're on a roll. You, okay. You, you just lost me a wash. Okay, uh, I'm going to write up this. And I'm they cut the zoom just like they did to watch. They're going to cut it, and you're never going to know. You're right. Oh. Jen, can I, can I And with that, to... I am leaving. Okay, bye, Kurt. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say this. The reason why many of us are, are, are very, uh, you know, what people say, well, why do you criticize the news? It's the media. Who cares? It doesn't have that many eyeballs. The reason why it's so important is we have an election coming up. And we haven't learned the lessons from 2016 and beyond. And these platforms, even CNN, even though the ratings are dwindling, it's an internationally recognized brand name. I've traveled around the world. Uh, it still carries weight. 
when CNN mainstreams and platforms some of the most dangerous fringe people, uh, believe it or not, folks, it, it, it elevates them and elevates those talking points, right? What we saw in 2015 was Les Moonves, who I appreciate his honesty, openly said, openly said, Donald Trump is bad for America. He's great for CBS. Openly said it. Zucker, uh, the former president of CNN, helped create Donald Trump. They were buddies. He's the one who made him into The Apprentice, right? <sighs> they, they, they used to sit there and like uh, uh, trade uh, strategies. When I was brought into CNN, I remember that there are folks there, and this is what's important. There are folks there who were repulsed by even the direction that Zucker went. And Don Lemon should have been removed for his misogyny, but he was removed, if you read that piece on Licht, for basically telling Licht, I believe we're in a moment that we should respond and talk back, <laughs> right? And Don didn't pay attention. And who did they get rid of? The black man. What's happening now, guess just yesterday, who took over Tucker's slot? And this was my fear that I kind of predicted. They're going to have a person of color in Tucker's slot parroting all the white nationalist talking points. Who did they get? Harrison Faulkner, who led off the segment by saying, my pronouns are USA, which are not pronouns. They're letters, number one. And then she said, God made me a woman. And then she straight up lied and said, I've been kicked out of restaurants for bowing my head in prayer. I'm like, name me the restaurant. Are you kidding me? Talk to Muslims. Our prayer is more <laughs> complicated. We have to come up with like these elaborate routines and like, you know, like tell people in advance, like, hey, we're praying. So it's that both sides mindset. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, the double standards is not just for white. It's the affirmative action for conservatives. How the 30% bringing things back full circle, Jen, dominate the 70% in media. I was told two years ago when I was auditioning for a, a political show, we had four folks, two left, two right, usual. And, and I, I made the final four cut. The producer mm -hmm. said, it has been so hard for us to get a sane Republican. I said, what's the threshold? They have to be against the January 6th insurrection and say that Biden won. That's number one. Number two, they have to not be overtly white supremacist. That was it, folks. In order for me, Danielle, Dahlia, and Jen, like if, if you literally do a both sides, we would have to be violent anarchist seeking the overthrow of America. All of us would have to be vegan, aggressively stealing hamburgers. That just shows you the, the, the damage of this both sides mindset that Zasloff, Licht, and others are doing. And my prediction is Licht is like Tom Wam Wamsbags from uh, a Succession. He's out in a couple of weeks. They're going to put yeah, someone hey, else in. They're going to kick Tom out? Yeah, yeah. Well, t he's going to be the pain sponge, but the replaceable uh, okay. pain sponge. No spoilers for the people who haven't seen it. Uh, and, and, and the thing, <laughs> uh, you know, going back to white supremacy, that's, that's the name of the game in America. If you read that Atlantic article, You'll see this, and it just proves our point. All the dudes there are mediocre white bros, all helping each other out, mediocre. giving each other compliments, helping each other fail up. And I wonder, even that article that was written by Tim Alberta, very good reporter, but a white conservative reporter, imagine if Danielle was given that access. What would she have seen? What would she have asked? And that is a microcosm of what's missing from the discourse. And that's why I, I'm on on CNN's ass because I see the repeat of what led to Trump now literally replaying in front of our face, Jen, as we're just welcoming fascism, anti-Semitism, violent conspiracies, and they're openly putting a target on transgender kids 
during Pride Month because they have nothing mm. else left and people are going to die as a result of that. And my question again is, when will the majority say enough? Thank you mm. for my TED Talk. Thank you. Thank you, Waj. Hey, Dahlia. Uh, I, I've got one quick gloss on this entirely depressing show, which is, you know, in the next less than three weeks, the Supreme Court is going to probably end affirmative action and what's left of the Voting Rights Act and the Indian Child Welfare Act, as we know it, um, mm. possibly <laughs> put its imprimatur on the independent state legislature theory and end civil rights protections for gay Americans. The fact that we're not talking about this every single freaking day on cable news, the fact that this is going to be a like quick hit, hey, you know, court ends affirmative action is just such a piece of the mm. sort of both sidesism, you know, horse race. Uh, he says, she says bullshit that we cover. I mean, this is going to be, I think, the singular worst term of my career uh, in 23 years covering the court. And it's just, I think it's just worth saying, like, if we can't, we've been for two weeks now at Slate trying to figure out how to do this better in ways that are salient for people whose lives are fundamentally going to be unrecognizably different come July. And the fact that this isn't something that we're talking about every freaking day in the media just like mm. breaks my heart because we, we have to do better. That's all. And to make this kind of come full circle, at least from when Waj came in and with, with the word fascism, you know, this is D-Day, 79th anniversary. And what were we fighting for if we were not fighting so that we could say no fascism, no anti-Semitism? Um, we are supposedly fighting for our freedom. And yet here in America, we have this vocal minority who has now completely taken over the Republican elected officials to be entirely against freedom. They don't want you to have freedom to read, freedom to love, freedom to flourish financially, uh, you know, freedom to, you know, wear what you want to wear, say what you want to say. They are the anti-freedom, completely mm. fascist violent party. And that's what they're supporting. And that's just the truth. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, if we gaslight, then we create this false consciousness, and then we are, are we are then serfs. This is the road to serfdom to flip that that uh, you know that um, Austrian book on its head. We are now. This is what this looks like. Oh, but on a positive note, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, what? No, I'm kidding. But yeah, that's I it. No, uh, Daniel, can you can you wrap this into a bow where we can feel good about the rest of our day? Uh, Danielle's I mean, not the person to do that. No, here's here. You know, and, and you guys always joke, and yes, I am. You know, the one that brings in uh, the bad news, but it was washed this time. Um, but I, I will. But I will say this: Look, you know, sometimes you have to lose everything in order to recognize what your true power is. And we are at a place where America, Americans are losing every single right that they have taken for granted, that they have assumed that this project that has been in the works for over 200 years, that it would just maintain itself. And it doesn't. And so whatever it is that comes on the other side of July, whatever it is that comes on the other side of the presidential is going to be up to us. It isn't going to be the America that we've always known to be, right? It is crumbling, it is shifting, it is changing. 
But what comes on the other side is going to be up to all of us. And pretending to be ostriches, pretending it's not happening, um, to say like, oh, this is not me, this is not what I want, um, is to be a accomplice to the destruction of our democracy and our civil liberties. So everybody, you need to knuckle up. It's, it's, pa- it's past time. Exactly. I love this. You know, we're renovating the house. We're not just going to keep building mm. and piling on top of a bad foundation. We can do this together, but you don't, you know, if there's a structural fault in the steel beam supporting an apartment building, you don't ignore it or the whole damn thing is going to collapse. And it might feel really bad to have structural engineers tell you you're going to have to put a lot of effort resources into this but the fucking building is going to fall down if Mm -hmm. we don't and i'm really glad to have all of you as friends and danielle that really cheered me up because it tells me seeing the truth and doing the work can make a difference that's all we have Mm -hmm. we have each other and the truth thanks all thank you guys